Have I been wrong about recession? After all, the payroll reports are still positive. The unemployment rate incredibly low. Stocks are absolutely soaring here. Who cares about bonds? Besides, what most people associate with recession is mass layoffs for good reason. All of this other stuff that we talk about seem to be nothing more than abstract numbers and concepts. It doesn't become real in your own experience until you see lots of people get let go. But the mass layoffs are not the recession, they are merely the final step in one. And what we've been talking about all along is an incredibly elongated cycle, but still a cycle. So in order for us to be wrong about a recession, we don't need to continue to see the lack of layoffs. What we would need to see is all of the stuff that happens before the layoffs turn around and go back in the opposite direction. That's where we would find out the recession is wrong or the recession call itself was not the correct one. But that's not what we see. What we see is everything else or practically everything else continue to move in the direction, however slowly, of the recession. What's missing is, as I mentioned yesterday, merely that last stage. Even hiring has fallen off in a way we only see in recession. So the markets, the data, the evidence continues to pile up for recession except for that one final piece. So we've got markets, we've got soft data, we've got hard data, we've got credit statistics, and of course we've got labor numbers to go over too. And again, all of it, or the vast majority of it, looks a lot like recession. A weird recession, an odd cycle to be sure, one that is definitely stretched out, which only raises more doubts. But at the end of the day, as I said, an elongated cycle is still a cycle, and it still exhibits all the same signs, all the same warning signs. And those warning signs begin in the marketplace. And I don't mean the stock marketplace for a whole bunch of really good reasons, which I've gone over in recent videos. Instead, as you know, inverted curves. Inverted curves, we always get recessions when curves invert, even though inverted curves aren't specifically about recessions. What inverted curves say is that interest rates are more than likely, very likely to go lower in the future. And the reason interest rates go lower in the future is because fundamentally lower interest rates are associated with lower growth and lower inflation expectations. So if you're going from a period of higher growth and maybe higher inflation to one of lower growth and low, lower inflation, there's usually a recession in between. It doesn't have to be, but that's where this whole story begins. The markets are expecting that interest rates go lower. And as we sit here at the start of 2024, even central bankers are now saying, yeah, rates are going to go lower. So from the very beginning, we already have what looks like the very first part of our recession process. And it goes back a long ways, which is not unusual either. These things take an enormous amount of time. But it isn't just bond markets or forward rate markets that are more convinced than ever that rates are going to go lower. We also have key commodities like crude oil and gasoline, which we've talked about quite a bit this year for very good reasons. OPEC, oil producers, they've pulled a ton of production out of the global marketplace, and yet these prices continue to fall anyway. Just look at the comparison the end of last year, 2023, with the end of 2022. Not only are oil prices lower, the WTI futures curve is a little bit more in contango, despite the fact all of that production has been removed during the year 2023 along the way. And it's been a massive amount. We're talking about four, maybe 5% of da global daily demand. OPEC and Saudi Arabia have just taken that out. And yet oil prices are weak anyway. 
they're beginning 2024 off on the wrong foot too. Low 70s for WTI and still heavily entangled. That's not a good sign about a strong and resilient economy. If anything, what would oil prices be without the production cuts and restrictions? They'd be a hell of a lot lower, which you would associate with something like a recession. From the markets, let's talk about soft data or surveys, PMIs, those types of things. We got lots of PMIs. We'll limit our, our survey here to just a few of them. We'll start out with the granddaddy of them all. The first one, the ISM's manufacturing survey. What you see is that uh, with December numbers that just came in this week, it has been below 50 for 14 straight months, which is again, one of the reasons why people are doubting these numbers because 14 straight months and here we are, no layoffs, there can't be a recession. These numbers must be faulty. But what you see is that that's not necessarily unusual. The length of time is, but not, not the fact that it takes time for those recession processes to play out. Go back to 2008, for example. The ISM's manufacturing index had been in the low 50s with an occasional 49 for 16 months before February 2008. And then after February 2008, there was another seven months in the high 40s. So you're talking about over 20 months where the ISM was basically somewhat questionable. Not necessarily the type of, of really downturn that you would associate with recession. Talk about the Fed regional surveys, the five of those, that's Empire, Philadelphia, Richmond, Dallas, and Kansas City. You average those five together. Those have been in contraction for the last 20 months up to and including December, 2023, and in solid contraction for 17 straight, which again, people say, okay, 17 straight months, where is the recession? But you go back to 2008, and the reason I'm going back to 2008 is because that's the last time we had a declared economic recession that wasn't associated with non-economic factors like the pandemic. In 2008, you had 10 months similar to what we were seeing now up until around October 2008 before then the survey, survey values really started to plummet. So again, we see that it's similar and you have this shallow negative trajectory and then the final step well, what's different, as you can see right here in the surveys, these manufacturing surveys, is that the length of time in this shallow contraction is much longer than you would normally associate with a recession process. And that's again, what we keep coming back to over and over again, this elongated cycle, but it still is a cycle and you still see evidence for it. And we still see evidence for it continuing to move in that same direction. How about the services sector? Manufacturing, well, that's a smaller part of the economy. The goods economy isn't what it used to be, but we pay attention to the goods economy because it's a leading indicator for overall demand conditions, including what we expect to find in services. Now the ISM's non-manufacturing index, that's been in the low 50s, seven out of the last nine months. Um, in, in the first half of 2008, that was in the low 50s, high 40s too. So again, you see the shallow, maybe it is contraction, maybe it isn't contraction before eventually getting to the big one, which comes up really coincident to the layoffs. That's really where the final step of recession is. The Fed regional surveys for services, there are four of those today. There were only three of them back in 2008. The average of the four, those have been solidly negative for 19 consecutive months. So again, the elongated cycle that raises people's doubts. 19 months of contraction in services, we don't see that in the economy. We certainly don't see that in the labor market. That's gotta be nonsense. But you see the same thing in the average of the three Fed regional surveys to a degree in 2007 and 2008. 
They had been similarly negative for about nine months, December 2007 until August 2008, before then everything really kicked off late in 2008. This is a theme we keep coming back to. Even though it's a little bit longer this time, in fact, it's a lot longer this time compared to 2008, if you go back, if you were old enough to remember, in the first half of 2008, right up until Lehman Brothers, people weren't sure that we were in a recession at all, especially those at the Federal Reserve, and most people get their interpretation of the economy from the Federal Reserve. You get this shallow contraction up until the moment the layoffs start, and then everything really starts to go wrong. That's why we associate recessions with layoffs, because that's where the part that we all recognize comes in. But there are these preceding parts that are equally as important in telling us if we're going in that direction or not. From the soft data, let's go over to the hard data. I've mentioned GDP versus GDI recently, and we'll go back through that again here just briefly. GDI is a much better cyclical indicator around periods where we're talking about recession and contraction, changes in the business cycle. So GDP looks incredibly good in the United States, not so good in other places around the world. Yet GDI has been basically flat for seven straight quarters, going back to the technical recession in the beginning of 2022. So GDI looks a lot more like what you would associate with recession than GDP does. And GDI looks a lot more like all of the stuff that we're talking about here, the shallow angle of contraction. Because even in real terms, lack of growth, even if just going sideways, is indeed a contraction. We need growth to continue. We need output to continue to grow in real terms and nominal terms because we live in a nonlinear world. So GDI looks like everything else, the period leading up to the worst end stage part of the recession. It's one of those pieces that fits into place, telling us we're moving in that direction. Nominal incomes, as I mentioned quite a few times, those have been slowing down consistent with a slowdown in the general economy, consistent with a slowdown in the labor market, as I'll get to in just a moment. Real incomes, on a price-adjusted basis, real incomes have been pretty bad. Darn right atrocious. The kind of stuff that you would associate with recession. Because even though nominal spending and nominal incomes have only started to slow, in real terms, Americans, like their counterparts around the rest of the world, continue to fall further and further and further behind. And falling further and further and further behind is the kind of stuff that you see associated with recession. And with real income slowing down, with, real, with nominal income slowing down and real incomes contracting, we see the effects on personal spending, consumption. Nominal spending has been slowing this year, especially over the last two months, which are October and November, the Christmas holiday season. So in real terms, PCE, real personal consumption expenditures, those have been up just 1.5% since January. And think, well, they've been up at least 1.5%, but that's kind of a slowdown, even though it's continuing to rise, is consistent with early steps toward recession. Back in 2008, the 2008 cycle, for example, real PCE kept rising all the way until May and June of 2008. And it doesn't really fall off until again, September and October of 2008. Between January 2007 and May 2008, real personal consumption expenditures were up about 1.6%. Spending doesn't just go from this to this, Spending slowly slows down and kind of rolls over a little bit at a time. And only when we get to the final stage of recession where the layoffs hit, does it finally go off a cliff. So we have to look at that part where we're rolling over and say, 
is this a outlier? Is this an outlier? Is this unique? Or is the rest of the evidence pointing in the direction of the continuing to roll over? Again, what's different about this cycle is the speed at which it's taking to roll over. Not the rolling over, how long it's going on. More hard data. Industrial production. U.S. industrial production has been moving lower for 14 months. Again, people said 14 months, where's the recession? In 2008, it was falling at a shallow angle for about seven months before the big collapse and crash. And it had been flat for eight months before then. So you're talking about 15 months of this rolling over process. So it's not, un it's not unique. It's not unusual. These things take time. Inventories. Inventories is another sign that demand is falling off and that businesses are having to adjust to that demand, which is what we're really after here. If businesses expect sales to be this and it turns out to be less than this, that means they have to do something about their inventory. Usually they start cutting back, which leads to other problems. So inventory is a leading indicator for demand. And inventories in this cycle, again, understandable why people think it's taking way too long because we've seen Inventory, retail inventory values, excluding motor vehicles, down for 15 months. And they've been down a lot more when you adjust for prices. So businesses, retailers are adjusting for lower demand. It's just that it's taking an incredible amount of time to lead to that final step of recession. In 2008, you had nine months of lower, modestly lower uh, retail inventories before the plunge. So again, we see evidence of the cycle being much more elongated this time than last time. You see similar trends in wholesale inventories too, which we don't need to get into here. So hard data wrap up. We've got all of the signs of rolling over the economy, moving into recession. And we also have lots of evidence for this rolling over process being extended far beyond what we normally see, assuming there is a normal recession cycle. Bank credit, that's another big one too. Uh, bank credit, all the credit statistics look very recessionary. Bank credit has been down for quite some time, but really since, of course, the middle part of March with the banking crisis, bank credit fell off. And only recently has it come back as banks are buying U.S. Treasuries again. Imagine that. Uh, bank credit fell off similarly late 2007 and throughout 2008. Again, during that period where people were questioning whether or not we were in recession, you saw bank credit start to really come off, which was a key warning sign. Just... Just talking about and isolating loans and bank credit, those have been down since October 25th, just recently. And you think, well, that's that's not a recession sign. What it actually is, bank lending doesn't necessarily fall off until really toward the end of the early stage processes. It's one of those end stage processes that are consistent with the layoffs. In terms of consumer credit, that's been lower and accelerating lower at the end of December, but it's been lower since September. And you go back to the 2008 cycle, consumer credit was still growing all the way to 2009. Consumer credit in many ways is a lagging indicator, not a leading one. So we're already seeing consumer credit turn around in 2023. Commercial and industrial loans, those had peaked way back in January of 2023. So we're talking about a year almost of declines in commercial industrial loans. That is a leading cyclical indicator. Uh, just for reference here, commercial industrial loans didn't begin to fall off until April of 2008. Then they had a surge during September and October during the crisis as businesses uh, drew down on liquidity lines as an emergency measure. And then they fell off afterward. But really, it wasn't until April 2008 that we really saw a big change in commercial and industrial loans. So as far as bank credit is concerned, 
every bit consistent with what we'd expect to find in a recession. So what that leaves us largely outside of something like GDP is the labor statistics, the unemployment rate, the payroll reports, and we'll get the payroll update for December tomorrow. But as I mentioned yesterday in the JOLTS data, we have halfway, the labor market is halfway into recession already. The level of hiring and how fast it has fallen off, we only see in recession. And it tells us like inventories that businesses across the entire economy, goods as well as services are indeed reacting to something, some substantial weakening that is causing them to say, we're not hiring any more people. We're really, we're not hiring many more people. And as the JOLT status said just briefly, down 363,000 in November, the biggest drop since July of 2020. That's consistent with one of the worst drops in the series, which was November 2008. But more importantly, the six-month change. Hiring rates over the last six months, up to including November, down by three-quarters of a million. That's a huge decline that we only see with recession. So it tells us again, businesses, employers are indeed reacting to substantial weakness, even if that last part, the other side of hiring, the firing hasn't happened yet. So we have all of these statistics that do tell us the economy is moving toward a recession if at an incredibly slow, elongated pace. It's led up to the point where almost everything is lined up for recession. We're just missing that last piece. It's an elongated cycle, but it is still a cycle. That's what all of the evidence tells us from markets to soft data, to the majority of hard data, to credit statistics, and at least half of the labor numbers, probably more than half when you count the household survey here, everything continues to move in the direction of recession. So if we're wrong about recession, if the market's inversions weren't recession this time, if, if all of the rest of the indications, especially those around the rest of the world globally synchronized after all, if those were all wrong too, then what we would need to see is not just a further absence of layoffs. What we need to see is all of that other stuff reverse and go back in the other direction. We need soft data to start spiking. We need hard data to turn positive instead of shallow negative. We need markets to market curves to uninvert and say interest rates are going to go higher, not lower. And we need the labor statistics. We need businesses to start hiring again. I mean, that should be a warning bell to everyone. The fact that American businesses have basically stopped hiring anyone. That's not wrong about recession. That's getting right up to the edge of one. So all of the data, all of the statistics, all the numbers are moving in that direction more and more over time. It's just that the, the part of recession that everyone actually notices and agrees that this is a recession, that's the one piece that's missing. So the cycle is elongated and we have to talk about why that is, but essentially that's the only difference here. It is still every bit a cycle and we still see evidence for it everywhere. And as such, we must continue to expect the full cycle to play out unless and until everything else changes. If you haven't already, you really got to see the jolt statistics because they were eye-opening, especially for how important they are in this recession process. Americans stopped hiring people. That's the video link below me. As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, your Dollar University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.